Welcome to the Wealth Standard Podcast with host Patrick Donahoe, author of the best-selling personal finance book, Heads I Win, Tales You Lose, and one of the nation's most influential financial advisors. The Wealth Standard's focus this season is investing. 2020 opened with markets and asset prices at all-time highs, but many of us experience more financial uncertainty now than we did a decade ago. Although there are more choices and opportunities than ever before, the risk-to-reward ratio teeters on a global fulcrum, contributing to the roller coaster of emotions surrounding financial well-being. It seems like everyone is walking on eggshells. This season, we'll cover topics revolving around investment theory and strategy, atypical investments versus conventional investments, and the role of investing within personal wealth strategies. The Wealth Standard Podcast is committed to inspiring you to be more financially free. There is no better time to gain clarity about your wealth strategy, your investments, and your financial future than now. Hey everyone, this is Patrick. Thank you for tuning into another episode of the Wealth Standard Podcast. I have a guest that I've been looking forward to interviewing for quite some time. He wrote a book recently, which is called Why Doctors Don't Get Rich, How You Can Create Freedom with Passive Income Investing. His name is Tom Burns. And I'm going to read his bio in just a second. But the first time I met Tom Burns, he was telling the story of how he purchased the very first copy of Rich Dad, Poor Dad from a car wash owned by Keith Cunningham in Austin, Texas. And he looked at the number on the back of the book when he was finished reading it. He called the number and lo and behold, Robert Kiyosaki himself picked up the phone. From there, they developed a pretty cool relationship. And it was awesome hearing that experience. The next story I heard from Tom was when he was down I think it was in Southern Chile on a cruise. There was an icebreaker ship going toward Antarctica. This guy is an amazing guy and has incredible stories. You guys are going to love him. Tom's a physician. He started his adult life as a doctor. He's trained in sports medicine as an orthopedic surgeon. He began his career in Austin, Texas, and he continues to practice to this day. But along the way, Tom decided that he wanted an exceptional life and didn't believe that a career as a doctor would check all of the boxes. He wanted choice, freedom, and time with his family. And through a series of events that included hard work, luck, loyal friends, great partners, patient educators, and giving mentors, he developed a real estate portfolio that gave him the financial means to determine his ultimate future. Now Tom gets to live a pretty extraordinary life and he wanted to give back and he wrote this book. He is specifically focusing his attention on doctors, those in the medical career, which obviously in 2020, they have uh, had some challenging times uh, and it really speaks to his experiences, what he did in order to achieve even more freedom. So I hope you guys love the interview. Go pick up his book. You can go to richdoctor.com in order to learn more about Tom. He has a newsletter, a blog, you can also go to Amazon and purchase his book. The audiobook will be coming out soon. But it's a great interview. I love talking to Tom. He's such a good guy, and I hope you enjoy it. Have a wonderful holiday season, guys, and we'll see you on the next episode, which should be next year. Until then. Taking a break from the show, I want you to know about a course I created for successful real estate investors that I'm making available to my podcast audience for free. 
You guys know that stupid business and real estate investment decisions almost cost me everything in 2009 and 2010. And since then, it's been my mission to teach you listeners the invaluable lessons I learned during this strenuous time so you don't have to experience those same lessons. Perpetual Wealth Real Estate is an online course that teaches you a financial strategy I use personally with all of my real estate investments to ensure a profitable transaction and maximize the overall return. The Perpetual Wealth Real Estate course is my gift to you. Register today for free at thewealthstandard.com forward slash ROI. Again, the URL is thewealthstandard.com forward slash ROI, Romeo Oscar Indigo. Welcome, everyone. It's uh, great to have a, I'm going to call him an honored guest, a revered guest. His name's Tom, Tom Burns. And I just, as I just mentioned, Tom, and Tom, correct me if I'm wrong, but Tom was, I'm not sure if you're going to put this on your gravestone, but you purchased the first rich dad, poor dad book ever. <laughs> That's correct. I, yeah. I don't, car wash in Austin. I don't know if I'll ever do anything in my life, but I got lucky and picked up a really good book and happened to be the first one. Yeah. Well, first off, it said, you know, just that fact alone says a lot about, about you and first off, how long ago that was, but also what you've done with your career, what you've done outside of your career. You kind of have like these dual kind of careers in a sense as an entrepreneur, investor, and, and medical professional. But it's, uh, it's going to be awesome to interview you today because you, you know, when we first met, you know, I, I don't know, something special about you. And it's something that you know I believe others could have uh, benefited from. And you took the plunge into the writing a book world. What was the experience like? Right, like writing uh, writing that book. Boy, it was something. Uh, a friend of mine, in fact, the author of that book you just mentioned, suggested that I write a book. So I never wanted to shy away from from a challenge. I just said okay, and I didn't really know what was going to happen. So. I just started the process and people would ask me who's going to be your ghostwriter. And I didn't have one. And I, and I know that's sometimes a, you know, I'm a physician and sometimes a doctor of diseases do it yourself. But I had a specific reason I wanted to write every word in the book. I was writing to everybody, but directing the book at physicians, using them as an avatar for anybody that makes makes any kind of a paycheck. I just knew that my words would would get through and I wanted to wanted the process. And what happened was I ended up growing because I wrote, I wrote every word. I found out how to do it. I got my, I got editors to help. I learned a lot of terms and things that I, I hope to never have to remember now, but it was, <laughs> it was a real blessing. It really was because I learned a lot about myself and I was at first started just writing a book. Somebody suggested to write a book. I'd never done it before. It sounded like a cool challenge, but what happened was I grew and changed and and found out the problem, discovered a mission. Because really, in my world, in the physician world, there's a, there are a lot of unhappy, sad, and trapped feeling physicians. So although the book's written for anybody to, to learn about freedom, it was written to the doctors to try to help them because over 50% of them are unhappy. And you and I, Patrick, when we get older, we would prefer, I think, to have a happy doctor taking care of us. And so it was a selfish reason I wrote the book. So as I did the research, I developed a website and developed some tools to help them. And so 
it has been a process and I'm still just a, a tadpole in the evolutionary world trying to learn how to do this, but it was great. I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about the world and learned a little bit about book writing. So it was fun. It was a growth process and it was a blast. Well, I know that it has been months and months in the making, but what an iconic or serendipitous year to release a book like that. I think the medical world has been stretched in 2020 more so than probably any other year in memorable history. And and this year, I would say the statistic most likely has worsened as far as the medical world asking that internal question, you know, is this worth all the decades of school and hundreds millions of dollars in opportunity costs but also tuition and you know school fees and so forth and now you coming out with a book why doctors don't get rich right it is somewhat of a wake up a wake up call to them so how would you I mean, you started down this path but how would you characterize the theme of the book and what you want the medical world specifically to walk away from reading it? Like, what do you want them to understand based on reading it? Sure. Well, and it started, I've had quotes from people like, I felt like I was trapped. I felt trapped being a doctor. I didn't know anything else was possible. What I want, I just want it to be a, a, an instrument of guidance and hope to people that bring home a paycheck and feel like they're trapped, particularly doctors. I want them to know that, of course, we know life's not all money. Money's a, but it's a great tool to use to get what we want. And with, there are certain ways to buy back your time, which is our most precious resource. A lot of physicians, a lot of people in the world don't have time. You know, with some extra time, you can start to develop and design your own life. So I just want people to know that there is an option. It's not just for a special group of people. It's not that difficult once you sort of know the steps to buy back your time, create a little bit of even partial freedom. You take a little pressure off, life gets good. You start to smile a little bit more. So the book's designed to give people guidance and hope and a bigger smile. I know you speak to this in the book. What was it like when you... Because I think the idea of freedom is it's in your mind. It's a feeling, a sense of freedom. Because I know a lot of people that have you know, a financial amount of money that I would say anybody could consider being free if they had that sum of money. But they don't feel like they're free. But when you felt that sense of freedom, knowing that you didn't have to perform surgeries, you didn't have to work in the field that you were trained in, what was that like and how did it impact your work? On the one hand, it was a little, it was exhilarating, of course. And, and it happened slowly. I wasn't looking for it. I was just doing my thing. And then all of a sudden I realized one day, gee whiz, the, the, the money coming in from my passive vehicles it has eclipsed my doctor income. So that was exciting at first. Then it got confusing because what do you do? And so I wanted to make sure that I had a purpose. So, you know, freedom, money, freedom, it's not everything. You do somewhat need to have a purpose. We all want to have have some worth and, and a mission in life. So it gave me the chance to sit back and see what I wanted to do with it. Selfishly, I traveled some, but then started realizing that you know a little contribution to the world might be nice as well. And so I started looking for a mission and a purpose, and it just came like that. So you can have the money to be free, but if you've got a bad home life or you're unhealthy or your spirituality is compromised, it's not freedom. It's just somebody with a lot of money. Yeah, isn't that? It's interesting. You know, I was, and actually Robert is the one that really inspired this several, several years ago. He did a kind of a private 
education for a bunch of investors and talked about the uh, Maslow's uh, hierarchy of needs. And there are these, you know, levels of the hierarchy of needs, and most people get get stuck in this in the self esteem level, right? Where they achieve a lot, they go travel, they buy nice cars, they wear nice clothes, they eat at nice restaurants. But it's kind of like a law of diminishing returns. The more that you pursue that, the less fulfilled you are, and that's where you know Maslow has his self actualization level where it switches from satisfaction based on pleasing oneself to satisfaction coming from serving, you know, a mission right. as you as you mentioned. Right. So looking at this book, I imagine that was part of it, right? Being able to offer and create value for those that you have empathy with. What has been your experience along the way being able to give this gift to those that are in a similar situation as yourself? It's been a blast and that was part of that growth. You know, I wanted to write the book to get the information out. Then the mission developed. And then, you know, what you give, you get back tenfold. So now I'm getting, I'm getting the opportunity to talk to people from all over the world. And it's been absolutely a blast. And that mission has really gotten deeper, broader, and more focused in my life. And so it's really given me given me a great purpose. I've got a 20-year plan to keep going. I, I hope to be doing something until I till I kind of fall over and and go to the next level. So it was a surprise. It was a surprise. And it's been a pleasant surprise. And it just it gives me a lot of fulfillment. And I get to do things like this. I get to talk to good friends like this on Zoom. I'd rather do it live though. <laughs> well let me ask you a question around I would say the information that medical professionals are are exposed to with regards to finances, it's a profession where there's very little time. Right. It, there's uh, strenuous hours, plus there's a, a lifestyle on top of that. And the medical world, in my experience at least, has been the, I would say, target of a lot of financial uh, media financial advertising. And, and so they're pulled in all these different directions. So when you look at the message you wanting to send, knowing that, how did you want to separate what you what you were trying to get across to this world that's different than the typical advice that the medical world is given financially? Sure, sure. So, you know, one, you mentioned the education. We rarely get any financial education, although a lot of physicians and a lot of younger physicians now are are taking some business courses. They're doing combined MBA and medical programs. So things are getting people are becoming more aware or medical professionals are becoming more aware. But in my instance, I was a biology major and uh, just got took zero financial classes. So uh, that's the one thing, and and you're right. They will typically they will typically get targeted, for lack of a better word. Nobody feels sorry for physicians, and you shouldn't. We make a great income, and it's a great profession. So it's a fulfilling, wonderful profession. Everything's perspective, right? But they get targeted by people, and I've actually been in the meetings when nobody knew I was a physician, and I've heard the person in the front of the room say, "Look, if you if you don't have a client list yet, go for the doctors. They've got money, and they don't understand what you're talking about." And that's a true story. <laughs> So what I want them to know is that, and there's a section in the book that talks about this, is all the traditional ways to create investments or create money or passive income, income outside your profession. They're not bad. There's nothing wrong with them, but sometimes they are proposed or advertised as the only way. And so I just want them to know there's a lot of ways for them to create a lifestyle, to create the, the money and the funds 
to create their lifestyle. It's not so much about money, but it's about buying back that time. And if you if you're a physician, you have to go provide a service in order to get paid. That's the way it works. And when you get some when you have some funds come in that you that you slept to make or that you were on vacation or you didn't do anything to do and that that check shows up, it becomes a little bit addicting. And I want them to I want them to experience that feeling and have the time to do what they want to do in life. And it can be research to cure cancer, or it can be to quit medicine. It can be either end of the spectrum or spend a little extra time with your kids or get off a couple hours early so that maybe you can pick your kids up from the bus when they come home from school. It's things like that. And the list is endless. So that's what I want them to know is that there's other options and that there is a life out there that is not the one that has been prescribed and potentially advertised to you. We're only here once and uh, I want the journey to be magnificent. Well, there's, you know, I mentioned this before we started recording, but I had seen this study where this year, 2020 specifically has inspired a amount of youth, those that are in school right now to want to pursue a medical career as a physician. Yeah. And, and I look at where most of that drive and motivation is coming from, and it seems to be coming from wanting to make a difference having a purpose wanting because i think the medical world a physician is so revered because they work on one of the most precious things that exists which is the, the human life right and and rightfully so they are remunerated uh, highly because of that but there's obviously a lot of dedication and work and investment of time energy money that goes into developing that skill set but what have you seen as time goes on in the medical career where in the beginning there's that passion there's that that drive does it mean does it stay the same does it diminish over the course of time like what is your experience collectively and then following up to that to that question when you again sense that feeling of of independence how did that change the way in which you serve your clients or patients Excellent. The answer to part one is, is always, it's like everything. It depends because I have partners. I'm still practicing medicine. I have seven partners and they all love what they do. They're great at it. They love it. So they haven't, and they've been in it a long time, some of them 25 years. So it's not that everybody's unhappy. There are people that enjoy the service. And as you mentioned, if somebody gets in to serve, that may be mission and purpose enough, and they may or may not need anything extra. On the other hand, Medscape survey shows that roughly 50% of the physicians in the country, in the United States, have at one time or another been burned out. And burnout means, you know, at one time or another, they just didn't want to be a doctor. We don't want that. And that, that means to you and I that every other doctor, at one point, every other doctor you see wanted to not be in medicine at one point. So it's a, it's a balance, just like anything in life. Everybody has different opinions, different things that motivate them. So what is exciting to me is there are still a lot of physicians out that are really happy with what they do. And then question number two, I enjoyed it. Obviously, I continue to enjoy it because I was. it's been a decade since I haven't required the income for medicine. So your question is that I was able to enjoy it more on a sort of a base level. I could eliminate the things I didn't like. We doctors, sometimes we take call calls when you stay up all night and operate or answer the phone, things like that. I decided that was infringing on my family time. So I stopped doing that. If somebody, if something is a difficult 
if the hospital has too many rules or whatever, I won't go into details, but you can just stop going there. You know, you're not there for the money. So I was able to lower the volumes I was seeing. I can spend five minutes with somebody or 45 minutes with somebody. It doesn't affect my income, doesn't affect my life. And I've developed friends by walking in saying, hi, I'm Tom Burns. I hear you have a sore knee. And then years later, we're going on trips together or we're friends. So that's a blessing. I get to meet 20 new people several times a week. So it has been, it's been a blast. It's really been fun. And that's what I just kind of wanted every physician to have that, to wake up and realize I get to go in and see patients today, not I have to go in and see patients. It doesn't happen for everybody, but that was, it was life-changing. It was life-changing. And if I didn't, if it hadn't have been like that, I would have been out of medicine 10 years ago. Sorry, so man. the it's the professional world that I would say has a very a very similar challenge. And so but at the same time, the medical world, you know, the amount of time and effort and energy and money, right, that it takes to actually develop those skills and be right. in practice is just so extensive. So it magnifies that principle of being able to, you know, educate yourself financially and then develop a strategy to get to the point where you are free, you are independent, and you don't have to do these things. You have the choice now. Not right. that you know you didn't have the choice before, but you know now the choice is: Do I practice because I want to, or do I practice because I have to? And I right. think it's a very it's a very interesting question that most people don't get to ask themselves. At the same time, I think those in the medical field, because of the amount of money they're able to to make, have that option more so than other professions. Right? Yeah. It's you know it's when you when you have choice in life. You've got freedom and that just that gives you the choice to decide what's most important to you. And what's most important might be serving your clients or your patients or whatever your profession or your job is. Or your most important thing in life might be to travel and see the world or to be the best parent in the world or the best spouse or the best sibling. So choice really does give you the potential to have and design the life that fits you best. And that gives you the most meaning and self-actualization, as Maslow would say. Well, Tom, let's do this as we conclude. So do you, you have an extension to your book, right? Which is a, a website and some yeah. tools that you've mentioned. Would you, would you take a moment to speak about your, the website that you've developed and the tools that are there and how those that are listening could take advantage of those? Sure. And uh, you know, for everybody out there, I'm pretty transparent. I'm still learning how to do this stuff. I can put a knee together, but running a website has been really interesting. But I wanted something to be useful. I wanted the book to be combined with a website that was a living, breathing organism. So I have a blog that I put out and I find myself better on video. So as time goes on, I'll be having videos that just have little lessons. They might be mindset lessons. They might be real estate lessons or money lessons. If you look at the book, the first half of the book is all about mindset. And then some of the how to do things is, is in the second half of the book. So the website's going to be the same type of thing. I'll put out a blog that either deals with mindset or something concrete with action steps. I'll put out some videos. I have a little section that will grow that has some tools, things that I've used over time that I just developed to underwrite projects or to do some things like that. There's some spreadsheets and some resources. So I just encourage people to sign up and get the newsletter. It's pretty non-spammy. It comes about once or twice a month now. And it's usually got some, what I think is helpful information and you can look at it or, or hit the delete button and it's all there for help. It's all there for you to grow and develop your own freedom. So what is the URL, the website, just richdoctor.com? 
Yes, yeah, see, I'm like the world's worst marketer. It's richdoctor.com. Yes, yeah, so you go there and you can, there's a there's a little sign up sheet. That's not bad. That's a good domain name. Thank you. <laughs> and it's for everybody. You know, I, I come from the doctor world and certainly have maybe some credibility with them. But if you know you replace the word doctor in the book with your job, whatever it is, the principles are all the same. They're all wealth and freedom building principles. Well, Tom, this has been awesome. Thank you for sharing your wisdom. Thank you for writing the book. I know. I saw how much it took and the amount of revisions that you had to, to do. And it's incredible. Did you end up doing the audiobook? I haven't yet. And I'm, I've had a lot of requests for that. So I think that's step number next once I get kind of the other mechanics of the website going. And that's just about done. So that's probably the next project. And, well, regardless, and- you had eyes on this book of some of the most reputable authors that are out there. And, and so it reads well. The information is compelling. It's clear. So I'd encourage anyone, regardless of whether you're not you're in the uh, medical field, uh, to pick it up. We will link to the book in the show notes, and we'll also put the website address and Tom's social media as well in the show notes. So Tom, as we conclude, any any final words of wisdom or anything you'd like to leave the listeners with? Sure. I you know I just I usually tell everybody you know if you're not growing, you're stagnating, and you're going to wither away and die. So. A book, I tell people that my book, the $15 book's not going to change my life. I didn't write this book to make money, but you know, it might change your life. And whether it's my book or your book, which is fabulous, anything, there's always a little bit of information. You can learn something and then try to combine your education with a little bit of action. You'll be really surprised where it takes you. And life's got a whole lot to offer. And there's a big world out there that is a lot of fun. And I just encourage everybody to use a little perspective and realize how much fun you can really have and try not to be trapped. Just don't want people to be trapped and unhappy. That's one of the secrets of life, you know, is constant growth, constant improvement. You know, we talked about, I can't remember what you called it. It's the, uh, well, I call it the infinite horizon. What did you call it again? The second mountain. The second mountain. And it's probably the infinite second mountain because the second mountain will lead to the third mountain, the fourth mountain. (laughs) But the idea of just, you know, once you have something that you've achieved, right, in order to have that fulfillment and that, I would say, enjoyment of life, you have to continue to achieve these milestones, if you will. Exactly. And, and you know, that first mountain might be about acquisition. There's a book called The Second Mountain by David Brooks. First mountain is about acquisition, which we all get kind of into when we start. But the second mountain's more about contribution. And as you said, the third mountain, the fourth mountain, we always find more mountains to climb, more to contribute, more growth to achieve. And so that's what keeps you young. So it gives you purpose and makes life fun, gives you a chance to do things like this. Well, I'm going to actually ask one more question. There's a quote that I think about quite often, and it's it's the quality of life is in proportion to the quality of relationships. And I know that you have valued relationships more than anything else. You mentioned it with regards to some of your patients, but you, in the book, it's very evident of all the different seminars and all the different meetup groups and the associations that you've attended over the years. Speak maybe to the importance and value of relationships and how they've helped you develop over the course of time. Oh, it's been John. Look, we're pack animals. You know, we love people. I love doing this with you right now. I'd rather be face to face. I'd rather we be in a group of 300 people as well. You and I go on a cruise together frequently. That's just fun for me. Often I'll go to seminars where, you know, maybe I could be teaching some of what's going on, but I'm going there just to see the people. So relationships 
when you meet other people, everybody's so diverse. Everybody has a talent and you can learn from other people or you can just live through their through their experiences. It's what life's all about. It's a giant world and it is a giant passion for mine. You know, I have my core values and they are they are adventure, growth and connection. And we talked about all. And so the connection is so important to me that I put it as my top three and my core values. I just want to be with people. This is fun what we're doing today. It's fun to go connect with people. You will learn and grow and your life will be better for it. Your life will be enriched by the experiences of others. So I can't, I can't encourage people more to keep up with connections and start with your family. Family connection is most important. Those are the people that count but broaden your circle. It'll make your life a beautiful thing. And I would say I'll, I'll end with this comment where you know, I think our, our society is evolving to this place where relationships are, are really the, the true value of life. And we have been blessed with you know, technology such as this video conference software with you know, whether it's uh, energy or transportation. And obviously, this is a year of disruption, but it's going to pass. But the way in which society is evolving, right? it's going to in my opinion, really decrease the effort and what we're going to have to do in order to maintain kind of our our lifestyle expenses. And that's where, again, going to just the value that people, I think, seek sometimes is right in front of us, which is our relationships, starting right. with our you know intimate relationships, then going to kids and going to friends. And you know it's no longer going to be a choice, right? Where we're going to have a lot more time on our hands as a, as a society. And really the principle of satisfaction and fulfillment is right in front of us. It's meeting new people, right? It's enjoying time with the ones we, we love. And, you know, and that doesn't have, you don't have to wait until someday, right? That day could be today. Right. Best time to start is always now or was yesterday. And now, now is the next best time. And don't let technology run your life. This is great. It's great that we have this, but person to person contact. That's why we're on the earth. There's seven and a half billion of us. Let's go out and meet some of them. Meet some people. <laughs> All right, Tom. Well, I can't wait until we meet up face to face again. I think we it was it's been a couple a couple years. It was like summer. Yeah, it's been too- was it summer? And it was in Austin, but it was summer of 2018. Yeah, it's what's it, we're coming up on two years. So yeah. Wow. I hope to see it's more sooner, you know, sooner than you know, two years. But but anyway, yeah. you know, this is a this is a, a year that has made us value those personal interactions even right. more. So I'm sure the next time will be even sweeter. You bet. Looking forward to it. Okay, Tom, have a great holiday. All right, take care. Thank you for listening to the Wealth Standard Podcast. Be sure to visit the show's official website, thewealthstandard.com, for appropriate disclaimers and terms of service. Guest opinions are their own. If you require specific investing, financial, legal, tax, or any other specialized advice, please consult an appropriate professional. We welcome and appreciate reviews of the show. Head on over to iTunes or Stitcher to leave your review. And don't forget to subscribe to the show to get access to every new episode and exclusive interviews this season. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next time.